To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. You know, yesterday, Vince, we were talking about the Magi's visit to Jerusalem. And, and Herod, after he hears that they are there, he calls them in and asks them, you know, about what they're doing. And then he says to them, you know what I want you to do is go find this child. Go find this baby so that I can come and worship him. Well, obviously, as events transpire, we come to realize that he doesn't really want to worship him. He wants to kill him. And in fact, later on, he kills all the male children in Bethlehem under two years of age. Right, right. And so he, he clearly doesn't want to worship Jesus. He wants to find him exactly, find out who he is so that he can have him killed. The reason being is he has his own children. People sometimes forget Herod has his own children, and his dream is that his children are going to take over after he does. So he has an agenda. He has a plan. And his plan is that his children will succeed him as king. And so when he hears that there's a potential king, no matter who he is, what he is, he, he doesn't really care that much. He just wants to make sure that that person is gone. And I want to talk today, you know, we can talk a little bit about the fact that a lot of times we have an agenda, but it's not necessarily God's agenda. We have plans that we have for ourselves, but they're not necessarily God's plan for ourselves, for us. And we start down a path. We haven't asked God if that's what he wants us to do or got a word from him that that's what he wants us to do. And then things blow up. And the first thing we do is, oh, Lord, help me. And I'm convinced that a lot of times God wants to just say, you know what, if you'd asked me before you started down this path, I told you it wasn't the right one. And so we have to be really careful that our agenda isn't just our agenda. It's really what God wants us to do. Amen. And, and as you was, we were talking about that, I was just thinking of what the scripture says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning... Align your ways with, with God's ways. And I was just thinking about with, with Herod. Herod didn't have under, any understanding of the birth of Jesus. He was thinking on his level, on the natural level, if he would have just inquired of God and de delighted himself in the Lord, God, I'm pretty sure God would have revealed some truth to him and gave him a greater degree of understanding about this real king that's 
that was being born. Herod was thinking about his own family. Like you said, he was leaning to his own understanding. He didn't acknowledge what God was doing. And the birth of Jesus would have benefited Herod also. All See, it had, benefits all men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But he didn't have that understanding. He was thinking selfishly. And that's how we are as people. That's why the Bible tells us to walk in this newness of life and, and have the mind of Christ. Think like God. And so often we misunderstand God because we don't have the knowledge of God and we go to lean into our own understanding and we want God to, to line up with us. And he says, no, seek ye first the kingdom and, and all things will be added to you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you Delight yourself in the Lord means do it God's way. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and I like what you said there, you know, line ourselves up with him. Because this is this goes back to this whole idea. We have an idea of what we want. We have a will of our own. You know, and what's what commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. We have a will often. We have a way that we want things to happen, the way we want things to be. What we've got to come into relationship with God is now we want things to be his way. We don't want things to be our way. We want things to be his way. And we've got to know what his will is. How do you know his good and perfect will? You know him. You listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and we got a, we got a whole book right here called the Bible. His will is in His Word, and and I'm I was led here to Isaiah chapter uh, fifty five, starting at uh, verse eight. It says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways," says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. He God's thinking way up here, higher than us. And he's telling us to come up to my ways. Don't try to bring me down to your ways. He says, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return void, but waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the either, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So God wants us to... Get his thoughts and line our thoughts up with his. And back to Herod. If Herod would have inquired of the Lord <laughs> and said, Lord, you know, who is this king? I'm pretty sure, you know, God loves all people. He would have revealed the truth to Herod. But Herod had his own thoughts. and He thought that something was going to be taken away from him. And a lot of us are like that. We think God wants to steal from us. He wants to take something from us. Well, God owns it all. He just allows you to be a steward over his stuff. It's all belong to him. And that's the mindset of a kingdom citizen. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came. And he said, remember, the disciple says, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? What did he say? He who is least <laughs> will be the greatest. Well, James and John's mother wanted to, right, hey, right, can right. my boys be can, top guys? Can, right, can they sit next <laughs> to you? So we have to, we have to, we have, that's the mind of Christ. If you want to be a leader, you have to first be a servant. Don't nobody want to be a servant. We want to start off on top. Well, we don't even <laughs> like the word servant. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But that's kingdom language, and that's the ways of the kingdom. So when we line our desires up with God's desires, that's where we're we're in line with God, and he'll start revealing stuff to you. Remember, the scripture said God 
Yeah. That's something to the humble, but he resists the proud. Right. Or humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. First, the first part was humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And then the latter part said, and he will exalt you in these due seasons. Submit to God. Again, submit means to come up under. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee for you. But that's only, he's only going to flee for you as you submit to God. Well, see, Jesus is actually called our Lord and Savior. Right. Everybody loves to think of him as their Savior. He saved me from my sin. Then you start mentioning the word Lord. Right. When somebody is your Lord, that means they are your ruler. Right. <laughs> right. Now you're about their will. And we don't like really to think. People in America, we pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, we think, that we're our own person. Self-made no, millionaire. Nobody can tell us what to do. We've got freedom. And so we don't like the idea that somebody could tell us what to do. We don't even like the idea, a lot of Christians don't even like the idea that God is their Lord and that God is in charge of their life and that they're to be about His will, you know, therefore live by the Spirit. We're to be about God's will, not our own, because our own will, we, people don't like to admit it. We, I said it before, we have our own will. We have our own mind a lot where we, this is what I want to happen. This is the way I want it to go down. This is the way I want my life to be. And that might not necessarily, I've had people say to me, God would never call me to go to the mission field because he knows I don't want to. Well, you know, the Bible is full of people that God called to do things that they didn't really want to do. Well, that's just like saying God would never allow trials and tribulations and persecutions on me because he knows I, I don't like that. I don't like tribulations. <laughs> well, 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 his thoughts, again, are higher than your thoughts. But, you know, the idea that God won't call people to do things they don't necessarily want to do, I guess they skipped the book of Jonah. Because <laughs> Jonah was not thinking, man, I want to go to Nineveh. This is where I really want to go. I want to preach in Nineveh. I'm going to be the best preacher that Nineveh has ever seen. He didn't want to go to Nineveh well, even after God had called him to go to Nineveh. Well, you got to realize we're God's people. He's not, we're not his Lord. He's our Lord. And the scripture says, that's why I tell people, understand what the will of the Lord is. It says that in Ephesians. But go into the scriptures and find out what the truth, the, the scripture says when you get born again, you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the precious we blood of Jesus. Yeah, by that blood. But you've been paid for and you're not your own anymore. You belong to God. Remember? Submit to God. Humble yourself. Under, so you have to submit to what God's saying. And Jesus said something because Jesus had a will. He could will to do whatever. He had a free will. But he said just in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was going to get crucified to give himself over to men, evil men, he didn't want to do it. But he said, Lord, if there's any other way that this could be done, Father, let it be done. Then he said, you know what? Not my will. But your will be done. So I'm going to back, I'm going to decrease and allow your will to be done. And Jesus knew what the will of the Father was. Who would want to voluntarily go and get crucified for the sins of some other people? Nobody. But that was the Father's will for Jesus. Jesus humbly and servantly did that for humanity. And, yeah. and, and God said, previous, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, you know, we're... This whole idea of being bought with a price, you know, that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I remember, I, I tell people all the time, I remember when there were S&H green stamps. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. And yeah. Blue chip stamps. Right, you know? right, right, right. And man, you would save those things. And you put them in a book. And once you got enough books, you could go and you could redeem those stamps. That's right. what they actually even called it. Right. That you're going to redeem 
those stamps for something that they had in their store. Mm-hmm. We've been bought in that same way. We've been bought with a price. The price was the blood of Jesus. Now, I know some people might be thinking, yep, I was always pretty good. I, was, I always did more good than bad. And I always tried to do what my parents told me. And I never backtalked the teacher even once. And I was always a good person. So it probably only took a little tiny drop of Jesus' blood. Now, the guy down the street, he was a bad sinner. And it probably took all of Jesus' blood to cover him. But it only took a little tiny bit of Jesus' blood to cover me. No, it took all of Jesus' blood to cover all of us. Because mm-hmm, our righteousness is like dirty rags. Filthy rags. So we have to, again, back to understanding what the will of the Lord is and increasing in the knowledge of the Lord's will. Once you have an understanding, and that's why you have to be a student of the scriptures. You've got to get in the Bible and find out what God said. And and here's another thing on being redeemed. I like to define words when I'm studying the scriptures. I got a Bible dictionary. I'll stop and define a word and find out what the original meaning of the word was because I want to increase in, in understanding. But redeem, there's some things that come with redemption. It, it, it's reconciliation. I mean, I've been reconciled back to God and it said through made Jesus. Right. Yeah, made right in, in right standing. And I, I've been restored. Restoration. God's a restorator. I think that's why Jesus was considered a carpenter, because a carpenter rebuilds things, fixes things up. And the scripture says he's the we're the clay and he's the potter. So God he he restores and he wants to restore us. I always tell people, in all you're getting, get understanding. It says that in Proverbs four seven. But find out what the will of God is. God's will was to restore mankind back to the original. I I have to always go back to Genesis and find out what was God's original intent for mankind. And it was placing Adam, the man in the garden, made a woman out of his bones, flesh of his flesh, bones of his bone, called her woe man. He looked at her, he said, woe man. So yeah. So anyway, but uh, we know what happened in the garden. They were disobedient and, and they lost fellowship with God. But God had a plan of redemption. And that plan of redemption consisted of sending himself into the world through a virgin and reconciling, redeeming, and restoring mankind back to the original. And that's God's plan. The Bible says all men have sinned, not because of all the bad things you did or didn't do. It's because of Adam. Go back to the beginning, to the root, and find out why. Why that sin nature came, passed through all generations. But now because of Jesus... Ooh, Jesus is the reason for the season. Because of Jesus, we can be redeemed, reconciled, and restored back to the first. So, yeah, Adam had fellowship with God. The Bible says he walked and talked with God. Well, you know, we've been studying Revelation at our church. And at the beginning, at Genesis, God walked with Adam and Eve. He spent the time in the garden with Adam and Eve. In the end, in Revelation 22, we see a picture again of the garden. God is actually walking and talking wiping away every tear. There's a river that flows from the throne. There is the the tree of life. There's actually two of them. And we mentioned this once before. They're, they bear fruit every month of the year. They don't bear fruit just once a year. They bear fruit every month of the year. And what you see is at the beginning, God is in the garden with Adam and Eve. He's walking with them, talking with them. He's right there with them. And at the end of the book, you see the exact same thing. And in between, I tell people, is all the work that God has done, because it's not man's work, it's God's work. All the work that God has done to reveal himself to bring man back into that relationship with him. So in the way we started, God has worked 
to put it all back to the way that it was. Well, and you know who he used to do it? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, right? Jesus has reconciled us back That's to the Father. That's what the Bible's about, though, is the revelation of God right. about Jesus and who Jesus is. But look what he said over here in Luke 17. And God's put that garden. Now, you know where the garden's at? Uh, according to the Bible in Luke 17, the garden is inside of us. He says this in Luke 17, 20. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he, Jesus, answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So now the garden is in you. Your spirit is the new garden because remember the Holy Spirit lives in us. God That's the garden. With us and talks right. with us so today. now all we got to do in order to let allow that garden to grow is keep planting the word of God inside of us. And that word of God, because it's living and it's powerful and it's considered seed over in Luke uh, four, Luke eight, it says the word of God is the seed. So you plant that seed in you. And as you plant that seed in you and start meditating on it, which is a form of watering it, Seed starts to grow once you water it. Put a little photosynthesis on it. Put some sun on it, some SON on it. <laughs> It'll start to grow. And it be, it grows into an image of your redemption. You'll find out what he did through that word. The word speaks to you. I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm reading the word, it's, it's speaking to my spirit. Because my spirit is alive to God because of Jesus the Christ. He's opened my spirit up and gave me his Holy Spirit that lives in me. So I'm reading the Bible. He's speaking to God. Walking and talking with us today well, through see, the Holy Spirit. Not, see, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people think, oh, I can't wait till then when God No, he's in you now. Christ in you. Today. Christ now, in you, the hope of glory. Now, when people say, well, God was speaking to me or I was speaking to God, a lot of people look at you and like, oh, wow, that's just wacky. I talk that's to God crazy. every day. But yeah, yeah, isn't every it amazing? hour, I'm isn't talking to amazing, God. Though, <laughs> is that the Holy Spirit speaks to people. We're told that he speaks to people. People speak to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And yet, a lot of times when you talk like that, even to other believers, they're like, uh, yeah, well, right. Well, because they don't have any like understanding. And, and they're, the Bible says that the carnal man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. It says that over in Corinthians. But because the Holy Spirit is in you and God's Word is living, when I'm reading His Word, he, He's speaking to me. And just throughout the day, He's speaking to me about His Word. Because He says, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a comforter. He's going to dwell with you forever. Well, that counselor is also your counselor. A counselor actually counsels people, right? So he's speaking to me constantly. So I'm kind of weary of people who say they don't hear from God. Well, see, God gives, <laughs> the Holy Spirit has all wisdom. Yeah. And he wants to, here's what happens though for people, even as Christians, something's going on in our life. We need counsel. We need wisdom. So what do we do? We go to 20 of our friends and family and ask each one of them. And we get 20 different ideas now. We're more well, confused than we, we were We before. learned about not to do that from Job. <laughs> But I mean, we get we get counsel. We and then once we're really confused or we or that counsel doesn't work, then we go to God. No. Why don't we go to God first? Because you have no revelation of seek ye first the kingdom. But the I kingdom. mean, most people just think most Christians go to everybody they know, well, and then Richard, if that doesn't work, they go to God. Richard, that's why you do need to be in a good Bible-based church where you're going to get some. Teaching, some learning. You got a yearning, but now you need some learning. Jesus says, all who are heavy laden, come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come learn of me. He says, come learn. Teach. The scripture said Jesus was teaching people. So people need to learn. We come out of the kingdom of darkness. Now we're into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is in us. So you got to learn how to operate in the new kingdom but that you're the thing, in. Same thing happens even with healing. We get sick. Somebody we know gets sick. 
You go to the doctor. And then the doctor says, oh, take this pill. Okay? Or the doctor says, oh, we got to do an operation. Okay? Why is it that when we go to the doctor and the doctor says, take this pill, we say, okay, everything's fine. The doctor says, take, have this operation, we say, everything's fine. If we go to the doctor and the doctor says, boy, there's no pill for that. Or we say to the doctor, or the doctor says, there's no operation for that. Then we go to the church and we ask God, ask people to pray. Why don't we pray first? Well, that's part of the seek ye first. That's what he means. Instead of get a prescription, you better get a prescription. <laughs> I call it a prescription, the word of God. Go get God's word because he says he sent his word and it healed them. So, and, and actually healing doesn't come from medicine. Medicine only sets up an environment for healing to take place. God, Jesus is the healer. By his stripes, we are healed. He's and, every, healer. and everything that man has, God revealed to us anyway. Yeah, so, I right. Mean, he gives all wisdom. When, he, when it comes to, you know, you have appendicitis and you go in and they do a, an appendectomy on you. It was God that gave man the wisdom to be able to do that. Right, to, to operate. He you gives know, us like, all wisdom. We think we discovered stuff. No, God already knew it and he just allowed us. It's like when you go to school. They set it up so that you can know. When you're in first grade, they set stuff up so that first graders can learn this stuff. They don't give you 12th grade stuff. They give you first grade stuff. And you didn't discover it. You didn't invent it. You just learned what somebody else already knew. Well, and now they taught you. And then you go to second grade and on up. When we discover things or find out things as mankind, just man in general, it's being revealed by God. And the, he already knew it. And the scripture says we're stewards of the manifested wisdom of God. He again, he just administers to it. He gives us what we need to have to to move forward to to basically accomplish his will on earth. The scripture says in Colossians, all wisdom and knowledge is hidden in, in God and Jesus. All wisdom and But knowledge. you know, as explorers like Columbus, he comes to the new world and he declares he's discovered it. Well, there's people already living here. And there are people in America already, what we think of as Native Americans today. In so many different places, explorers went and said, I've I discovered this that. place. And we look at that nowadays and we say, well, that's ridiculous. There are already people that were here. How did you discover it? Well, you know, I think sometimes when we, we lay claim to these discoveries and leave God out of it, I think God probably feels the same way. It's like, you didn't discover anything. I already knew all this. Oh, yeah. I just re you. I revealed it to you. Right, 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 right. And the scripture says there's nothing hidden that won't, won't be revealed. So again, that's all That's all back to Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him. See, we want to, that's where Satan fell. He wanted to acknowledge himself. No, God says no. Well, he was going to be as good as God. Right, right, right. He wanted to exalt himself. God says no. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of me, God, and I will exalt you. You have to acknowledge God in all your ways. In the little things, you have to acknowledge God. Thank you, Lord, for letting me get this good parking spot. I do that. I acknowledge God in little things. I acknowledge him in big things, in all things. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all well, times. Here's what will blow your mind, though, is when you've got a parking spot way out, say, thank you, Lord, that I got this parking spot. Thank you, Lord, that I got legs that I can walk. Right, right. You, that's, thank you, Lord, that I had a car that I could park in this far. The Bible spot. says, be thankful in all things. So there's always something to, to acknowledge God for throughout the day man you're washing dishes and you're man i hate washing dishes i don't thank god that you have dishes to wash thank god that you had food that you could cook to, thank god you dishes. got some clean water and some hot water some people in Lots some nations people in the world don't have water. right so you know and again in america we're i always say we're in the land flowing with milk and honey we're in a land of plenty and sometimes living in the land of plenty 
you can get a little spoiled in the land of plenty. Well, but of course we have but, water. Of but course I'm, everybody has electricity. No, see, we start to think like that because we're in the land of plenty. Of course everybody has but all I'm the reminded, food they ever want. I'm reminded of what the, the scripture says over in Deuteronomy. He says, when you come into this good land and you got house filled with all good things and all this, he <laughs> said, this he said, don't forget me. <laughs> right. Don't forget me because we, we, we didn't forgot him. We, we think it's all about us. He said, no, it was me who brought you into the good land. It was me that birthed you in the United but, States. You could have been birthed somewhere else. And there's people who say, no. I worked hard is why I have this stuff. No, I worked hard. If God didn't give you the breath, if He didn't allow you to breathe His air, how hard are you gonna I work? I worked hard. Yeah, okay. I went to school. Yeah. I'm the one that got this degree. Hey, and Richard, we think that it was all about what we did. Richard, it even says in the Book of Acts that God preordained and predestined the boundaries of our dwellings. You could have been born in a third world nation, but He. In his goodness, but saw then I would have worked hard and I no, would have got but, rich. But I'm just saying, but he saw fit to, to birth you here in the land that's flowing we with milk and be honey. Thankful. Yeah, so be thankful for that, and don't try to say, "Oh, this is my land; they need to go back." Well, God birthed; He chose where you were going to be born at. I didn't choose to be born in the United States because the Bible says He knew me before I was we born in my like mother's womb. You know, it's funny because we act like we really did something. <laughs> well, we, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. We should be blessed. And appreciative to be born in, in a nation with some freedoms. But, I mean, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. <laughs> you probably was an oops. Yeah, you probably <laughs> was I mean, an oops. When, when, I mean, when you think about it, we don't. We didn't do it. We didn't. We weren't born here because of anything we did. Richard, you were born in the U.S. because you're good works before the foundations we, of the world. We, we weren't. We didn't do anything. You're the height you are because you. You didn't do anything. Right. You know. I mean. So much of life we think that we did, and it was, you know, when you go out and you plant a garden and people say, man, look what I grew. And I guess I understand exactly what they mean, but you didn't invent water. Wait, you wait. didn't make the water. You didn't make the sun. Yes, you, you had a hand soil. in it. Yes, you were a co-laborer, but God made, he made the... Without the sun, it's not growing. Right, he made the dirt germinate. Without water, <laughs> it's not growing. Yeah, without the dirt germinating and doing what it, God made it, the dirt to do what he created it to do. You know, and, and we walk on dirt, and we just think it, no. the dirt is really incredible. No, I I acknowledge the dirt, because I'm like, this is really incredible. And you know what? It's all about, I did a teaching on it, it's all about the dirt. Because God made Adam out of the dirt. He created him in the spirit. But he made him out of dirt, and he blew spirit into his body. Blew life into him. But, but then, as we go through life, it's all about the dirt. Because we want to build houses on the dirt. All our food come out of the dirt. Trees come out of the dirt. And then when you die, most ordinarily, you go back to the dirt. Dust you came to. Dust you right. go back. So God, God in his wisdom. God is, he's so awesome. So anyway, that's going to conclude this edition of Faith on Fire. We just pray and hope that your faith was ignited on fire uh, through uh, the anointed word that goes forth. And we just want to remind you, if the Lord's led you to sow into this ministry, please do. And just remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.